0: Lorenzi, eccolo, il cross tagliato di testa, Kitaga! GOOOOOO! GOOOOOO! Go! Il Magnifico! Il Magnifico! Il Magnifico Rettore! Live! Boom! Boom! Check, check! The room! In the entertainment capital of the world! What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! The TC Martin Show. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. TC Martin.
1: Messi Messi, Messi, Messi. talking about stevie Slapshot shot in the house here today live and in color it is a monday are we revved up fired up ready to go we got sports on the way maybe maybe not you know what i can count on i can count on baseball because i know baseball is here nfl give mm-hmm. be my larry david not so sure right now nba coming wnba opening day sunday las vegas aces in action on abc We're going to talk about all that for you this week here. Brad the Believer in the house. Live and in color on a Monday. Yep. Stevie Slapshot making it happen here. Quick off day. Yes, shooting and scoring very strong right here on a Monday TC Martin show today uh, Charles Mann is going to join us uh, live from Redskin Park. Interesting to see they're still calling this Redskin Park. And as we know, Charles Mann, the three-time Super Bowl champion with the skins, uh, he is going to join us today as we talk about what has transpired there. We talked to Charles last week, if you remember, him and Trevor Madditch, both both former Washington Redskins, uh, got their thoughts about the name change. Uh, today, a little bit different topic as we visit with Charles today, talking about the sexual harassment allegations that have come out of Redskin Park. Fifteen uh, women have come out and uh, accused Redskin personnel. So we'll dive into that with, uh, with Charles Mann. Uh, Redskin theme all week today, or rather this week, I should say, as Trevor Match will join us tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll talk to Trevor about college football. And again, as we've been talking about here in the next couple weeks, big time uncertainty what's going to happen with college football of course Trevor does a fantastic job with ESPN and uh, you know Trevor a BYU alum and the stuff that I want to hit Trevor on too tomorrow is what is happening with the independents like BYU and Notre Dame and Notre Dame might be in a little bit more solid position but BYU already had to cancel five games and when you're an opponent when you're an independent you don't have that conference affiliation I mean this is some serious serious stuff here so we're going to dive into that with him tomorrow.
2: Yeah, TC, I've been talking about this for weeks. The longer we go on without college sports and, more importantly, without fans in college sports, as we've already lost March Madness on the basketball side, it's compromised for another season. College sports leading we've leading into conference championship games, bowl games. TC, in my opinion, this could be catastrophic for programs, not having these huge bowl games. You talked about the small schools, not having those big matchups against big D1 powerhouses sticking to only a conference schedule. We really have to play it a day at a time because this is really uh, hurting college athletics, high school athletics moving forward as I'm coming into the show today, Mm -hmm. listening about how high school players, their seasons compromise leading into their uh, senior seasons. That's going to compromise recruiting. So it's just a domino effect. There's a big question mark above it right now. And until we can get some type of blueprint of how to get college athletics back to somewhat normalcy with regular games being played regular conference and non-conference schedules and people in the fans it's, it's really not only a black eye but a question mark for the future of the sport
1: yeah like we said UNLV already lost their two marquee opponents to open the new stadium with Cal and Arizona State and that's going to crush a lot of these smaller schools. And think about these schools. And you like to bring up Bethune-Cookman, I think, just because you like to say the name all the time, too. <laughs> but but uh, that's Florida school, right?
2: I have close ties. The, exactly, the, right? To Bethune-Cookman. Team colors? Uh, maroon and the, gold, I believe. Mascot? Um, uh, what, what, I want to say you, wildcats. You're
1: drawing blank. Stevie? Uh, You're looking up. I think it's yeah. Wildcats. Bo Weevils.
2: <laughs> look it up. You know. Okay, Let's I'll check go. it out. Uh, there Cookman. Go. I'm going to go with Wildcats. You to
1: go with Wildcats. Wow. I'm going to say something out of the norm. I don't know. That's usually I know most of of most of those, but uh, I don't know Bethune Cookman. What city are they actually? They're in De- Daytona Beach, Florida. They're in Daytona Beach. That's right. That is right. Exactly. But you know, for a lot of those schools, like Bethune Cookman, in a lot of those schools, Mercer, and the list goes on and on, for them not to get those paydays, and we're going to dive into that tomorrow. Getting you know one one point five million two million dollars for these paydays. San Jose State, perfect example in the Mountain West Conference. You look at San Jose State; they went into Arkansas last year, and I remember this game specifically because I thought Arkansas would roll them, and as a twenty point favorite, they got beat by San Jose State. So San Jose State got the one point five million, and they got the W going back to Fayetteville. Yeah,
2: San Jose State had a real couple really nice wins last yeah. year. They they were really competitive. Uh, where they haven't been in years previous. So, we're really solid year from San Jose State last year. Survey
1: said Bethune Cookman, Wildcats. It is a Wildcats. Yes, baby. Ring the it ble- up. The Where's ble- the ding? Believer, there it is. rack him. There rack it is. the believer. There it is. I've no ding. We have dings here. You have, you there. have to familiarize yourself, you know, go ahead with the uh with the uh whatever we call it there. Sound effects. And TC yeah.
2: TC, former Green Bay Packer, Nick applause. Collins. Yes. Bethune Cookman Wildcats.
1: I love Nick Nick. We became very very good friends. Good good defensive back. Yeah, guy right. and a
2: guy played high school ball with. I uh, had a cup of tea with uh, Jacksonville and the Giants. Offensive yeah. line. So But then Cookman's had some decent players. Uh, just it's tough on that small scale to do anything any type of damage. Yeah. But schools like that and other small schools have huge enormous paydays that make mm-hmm. their whole seasons playing the likes of University of Miami, Alabama, and the such.
1: All right, another former Redskin that will join us this week is Jay Schrader, the quarterback. So so we've got a lot of Redskins. We've got Trevor Maddich tomorrow, Jay Schrader on Thursday. Today, Charles Mann will join us. So we'll look forward to all that. So we talk about college football having problems. Uh, the NFL has a lot of problems. Uh, right now, there's a lot of uncertainty here with the health and safety protocols. So Saturday, J.J. Watt, the Texans... Defensive end sent out a tweet sharing concerns about the what protocol is going to be like. Because we got to remember, we're at July 20th right now. Training camps open July 28th. We are eight days away. And J.J. Watt, not trying to stir anything up here, but this is a guy that's just saying, "Hey, we'd like to know what's what's going on here. How often is the testing going to take place? Uh, how will the roster spots be affected if if one of the players?" get affected by COVID-19? What are the opt-out clauses? We've talked about this. What is the actual number of preseason games? Are there going to be any preseason games? We went from four that we know about that went down to two, and then there was talk, still nothing official, that it could be zero. But still, the NFL is not saying anything. Where is Roger Goodell at this point in time? Again, we are eight days away from the start of training camp, and we've got nothing. So after J.J. Watt sent out his tweet on Saturday, other players followed suit, and there were tweets galore. Everyone just echoing what, what Watt is, is, is asking here. Not thinking, but asking, like, what is going on? As you're getting ready to pack up and leave your family and get ready to basically kind of go in your own bubble, like we've seen the NBA, WNBA, and, and you know MLS, everyone else doing here, this is the NFL, and you're, you're getting ready to start your season here. So Sunday, Mark Davis... Commented, and he said, "You know, he goes, I, I really can't answer this. Uh, I'm and here's the quote. Basically, I'm not really part of the process. I know they've all been talking between the league and the players. He's talking about, you know, the owners. He goes, owners get macro details until it comes down to a vote. Both sides are working on it and trying to get it done. So that's what he's saying. Now, in another." Separate uh, topic. Mark Davis was talking about the opening of Allegiant Stadium and the Raiders, and we know how that all went down with him. And on the conference call a few weeks ago, and we talked about it, where he said, "Hey, w- we want to play with fans." And they had the vote uh, as the proposal was put forth about blocking off the or tarping off the first eight rows, so trying to discourage players from doing the Lambo leap and keeping players away, even though I mean, it was. Those barriers are a good 10, 12 feet high. And again, the, the players are not really mingling with fans except for those instances where they jump in the stands. Okay, and as so Mark Davis said, no. He goes, I, you know, we, we got to have fans. We've got a shiny new stadium, 65,000 fans. I can't tell our fans that they can't go to the games. So they had a vote, and it was 31-1. to 1. We talked about that before, and that one vote was Mark Davis saying that, hey, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm for having fans. So at this point now, Mark Davis has – come to the realization that there aren't going to be fans. He hasn't been optimistic about playing in front of fans. And uh, I think his quote yesterday was I say, as of today, we play with no fans in the stands. He said he will not attend any of the games either. If fans can't come, Mark Davis isn't going to come. So as we look at this situation here, and for me, it's March 11th. We all remember March 11th. That was the day the Rudy Gobert t- tested positive, and that was the last that we saw of the NBA. We were in the midst of doing our show with the NCAA college basketball tournament, the conference tournaments, getting going, and everything was shut down. And we all said the same thing. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know we were concerned about the start of Major League Baseball. Uh, we didn't know if the NBA was going to come back in what capacity. But what we all were holding out hope for was that the National Football League was gonna have their stuff together, we would have answers. And you and I, Brad, talked about this at nauseum about, you know, what is gonna be what are the procedures going to be? What's gonna happen? And I said they've got plenty of time to figure this out. So here we are now, 136 days later, eight days away from training camp, and let's see, let's do the math here. We are what, four or five weeks away from opening day, our very first Sunday Uh, right around the bend here for the National Football League and we don't have any answers. The NFL has offered no guidance. They've offered no timeline. They offered no communication on what is going on. And yes, this pandemic has caused chaos in the sports world. Let's be fair. It's caused chaos in every aspect of life for every human being just about here in the United States. Every business owner, we've seen people shut down But sports has had to deal with these mass cancellations, losses of money, and everyone is scrambling here. And as we sit here, we really don't know. We can't say that there's going to be a college football season. We can't say there's going to be a National Football League season. And for me, I guess I'm just kind of at the point now where why can't we have something in place, especially for NFL?
2: well i'll say this it's it's surprising and embarrassing that the nfl has had all this time and they don't have a clear blueprint for the players for the coaching staff for the press for the media for the fans uh of how they're going to go about this it's ridiculous um i will keep my tune i will say we will definitely 100 percent. i'm going to say 100 percent, have an nfl season will it be completed i, I won't say 100 percent, but we will um It's ridiculous that they've had all this time and they don't have some type of blueprint about testing, about keeping players in some type of uh, regional area that they're permitted to stay within during game days, game weeks. Practices and stuff like that It seems We've talked about it Like you said At nauseum for weeks It doesn't seem like a task That should be That takes five months To execute Yes Do you have more personnel More staff More liability As far as travel Stay Than you do a basketball team yes because it's a little bit smaller as far as the team but it doesn't it's not an excuse for the NFL the biggest of the big to not have at least more in place than they have as far as communicating to the players about how this is going to transpire it's ridiculous it, it should already be done um, as far as the fans go, I am a little surprised Mark Davis's stance because state-to-state, state, it is different on what they're allowing as far as fan participation. The Jaguars and, and Shad Khan and company have come out and said they plan on having a 25% capacity in the stadium. Uh, I, I see that being fine. I don't see that being a problem, especially if you can have uh, some type of safety precautions in place. We've talked about this with wrestling, that they're having small numbers, Okay, you, you can tailor this where you can have distance... And you can operate in a stadium with 25% capacity. I don't think that's out of the realm of normalcy or an ability to have that executed in a safe way. Sure. So for Mark Davis to say this, it is a little surprising for to me. Yes, are we less than two months away from actually live NFL games? Yes. But uh, we have more testing. We more have more a little more knowledge, more safety precautions, and we talk about the distancing and mask, ma- mask wearing. So if the fans that are able to participate in a 25% capacity capacity if they can't follow those rules guidelines and regulations they're not permitted yeah. in if you can and you've been tested and you don't show symptoms 25% capacity in a 40,000 plus stadium does not seem unreasonable to me
1: well again you know n- national football league like, we're talking stadiums in excess of 60,000 yep. people Uh-oh. so you know exactly now major league baseball you have some of those parks that only seat 40,000 some seat 50,000 and again with major league baseball here starting in a few days you know, we're, we're watching uh, a lot of these rivalry exhibition games. Like we, we saw the Yankees and the Mets and the Cubs and the White Sox were nationally televised on the ESPN last night. And it's like, it, it is giving us this, this first reality check here of what it's looking like and what it's sounding like. And it is, it is totally different, but why can't you, okay, you know, families are okay to to be together so you got a family of two you know four six or whatever going to games they can sit together whether it's baseball whether it's football or whatever okay you you space it out you do the distancing and i I had this conversation over the weekend with with somebody else and we were talking about this like okay well what do you do about the the lines getting to the stadium you do the exact same thing the lines to costco right now exactly the you know to, to walmart to grocery stores right and you do that everyone has their boxes as you know, in the grocery stores, you, you, you come up, you go into the casinos right now. What happens? Boom, step up, take the temperature, the radar gun. I mean, I can't believe they take it that quickly, but they do. So entering a stadium isn't going to be a problem. Remember when people threw after 9/11 the big uh, thing about, oh, you know, we gotta check my purse, gotta check my wallet, you know, we got to go like TSA and all that stuff. People threw a fit. You know me? I'm in the airports every other week just about. and it, it runs seamlessly smooth. It does. So that process about going to NFL stadium, okay, like your point. Okay, you've got the upper bowl that is going to seat about probably 35,000 fans, okay? You space it out. No problem. You space it out. Same thing in the lower deck. You space it out. And I'll say 25% is is fair. I think you can do that. So in a 70,000-seat stadium, what's wrong with having a capacity of 20,000 fans? And again... You know what that 's going to do it 's going to bring us back to some sort of normalcy but it 's also going to bring energy back to the game and guess what owners you 're going to get some money out yeah. of this
2: t c we 're not talking quantum mechanics here okay right. it 's basic you have you don 't just have one entrance to begin with in a stadium okay well, so most don 't right right you have five six yeah. seven entrances you do the spacing just like you do at a grocery store okay we 're not we 're talking about twenty five percent And we can look all across the landscape of this country. Grocery stores open, and we're picking and choosing what's open, what's not. People gathering at beaches, at water parks, everywhere. You're telling me that the precautions and safety measures taken in place for a professional event haven't already been discussed and and been talked about? Clearly it has. Jacksonville's committed to it, and they have a game plan in place. And I think 25% is more than fair and reasonable. And you know what? You know what you can do? You can try it out. And if something doesn't work right through week one, week two, you can change it. Absolutely. You can ax it. Right. You know, you don't have to go in ahead of time and say, no, we're not going to do it. Why not trial by error, try it? If it's successful, it works. And and we we keep losing perspective on what's going on with this COVID in this country. And and by no means am I ever minimizing what's happening, but I'm trying to bring a reality perspective toward vantage point to this, okay? We do have a, a higher number of positive tests, not only in the Valley of Nevada, but across the country, but also keep in mind the testing availability has skyrocketed as well, okay? So let's put in perspective those things and then also the death comparative to those numbers. Okay, I'm not saying not to take it seriously, but we've talked about, TC, for five months, the basic hygiene standards and safety precautions of wearing a mask, washing your hands, and safe social distancing. That has not changed in five months. Just be smart. That's all you have to do. I was talking to a
1: friend over the weekend, and he actually had a pretty poignant point, I thought. And it may not... It may come across, you know, as a little like, well, you don't care or whatever, but, but, but hear me out on this. And I agree with this. We have to decide, okay, whether it's government, society or whatever. And I'm not getting into politics because I, I don't do that. But we have to make a decision. If COVID-19 is as bad as we really think it is, if it's that terrible, or it's not at all. And if it's as bad as we think it is, then you know what? then take every precaution and shut down. I mean, totally shut down for a 45-day span where everybody is sequestered in their home. There's nothing. Okay, there's no. There's nothing open at all. And other countries have done this. You shut it down. If we really believe that it's that bad, then you shut everything down, and guess what? After 45 days, things are going to get better. If we don't believe it's that bad, then we do what you and I are talking about. Okay, you practice your social distancing, you do the math, you do the you be smart, okay, and you continue with life because right now people are are getting so crazy, so upset with everything that is going on here right now because people don't know you know well, yeah, we know that it's real, but at, at what point do you get back to some sort of normalcy with your life here, and I think if you do that in the waves that we're talking about we're keeping your restaurants open, you know, X and off tables like several restaurants are doing successfully. Others are just afraid to do it. And the same thing we're having with sports here. They, we talked about this way back when, who's going to be the first to come up and say, okay, let's allow fans in. The players are going to be fine. You are, you're testing the players. They're going to be protected. The fans, they've got to be, you know, held accountable to and be responsible and be smart. But again, if you're just, you know, roping off certain sections Or, you know, not everyone can have a seat I really believe slowly but surely We could get back into this But we have to make a determination on which end we are Because right now, everyone is in the gray area And you know what happens in the gray area? This stuff that we're talking about No decisions get made whatsoever We have silence with the National Football League With college football We had it with the NHL, as you know, Stevie For a long time Bettman didn't say nothing for a long time So there's this big gray area so for me, it's got to be one or the other. And let's make
2: up our mind. Okay. I, I want to ask a question counter to what you just said. Okay. Is it that bad or isn't it in relative to what? In comparison to what? That's my question. Mm-hmm. What scale are we comparing this on? Well, you, we don't, we don't. You look- want to go
1: back to 2011 with SARS? Well, sure. Okay. Let's go back there, to anything. There you go. So with SARS, again, I believe a, cl- close to a half a million people died, but there was never a shutdown. There was not this pandemic. There wasn't a panic at, uh, mode. And we went on with our lives. And people got through it. Unfortunate. Okay, you're hearing me. Unfortunate that people died. People got sick. It was very unfortunate. But did we react like this in, in 2011? Absolutely not. People went on with their lives. We didn't have any type of uh, you know questions about shutting down sports or anything of that matter. So tell me why nine years later that... We're going through this. I don't know. I don't know if it's political. I don't know. But all I know is we can look back at that and say, guess what? We got through this, America.
2: I I think we can look back at a lot of things, but one thing we can't look back on is during our lifetimes or even our parents' lifetimes, this is unprecedented the way we've responded to this. Shutting everything down and absolutely turning society as we know it, not only in this country, but, but others, on its head. And not only that, TC and guys, but we're in a landscape where we have information being fired at us in so many different directions like we've never experienced in our lifetime because of social media, because of mainstream media, because of everybody's opinion from so many different angles, we still don't have the proper answers to the questions. Not only the NFL and, and their protocol, but us as society. Do we do we know right now? Because we hear a lot of different things about masks, not mask. Uh if it's if it's on a surface, if I walk by that surface, am I gonna get it? I mean the TC Stevie, we're hearing so many different things, and and here's something interesting I heard that that made me think a little bit over the weekend. It's like, okay, not saying they're the same, but the same concept, so follow me here. If you walk out in the sun to your car without sunscreen on, just to your car, you're probably not going to get a sunburn. But if you sit in the sun for a certain amount of time in your fair skin, at some point you'll get a slumber. In the same way with, with a virus like this, if you walk by the virus or in contact with the virus, are you going to get it or is it something that has to be exposed to you for a certain amount of time? I don't think these are questions that people, we have a direct, clear answer to right now. So we have a lot of different information about the different strands of the virus, how it's transmitted the incubation period, all these things that I don't think anybody yet has come and said, well, we have these clear answers because the answers change. The questions change and the answers change on a daily basis. So we still don't have a clear direction. We're waiting for a vaccine. That's going to be important. And like we said, I still, and I've said this for a month, guys for months, I don't understand how technologically we don't have the quicker result type testing. We can find out a drug test on a urine sample within minutes, Okay, it happens all around the workforce in this landscape. So why can't we do some type of saliva test or testing where in a matter of minutes we know if we have the antibodies or we're positive for COVID-19? That is still head scratching to me. And so many other things that are head-scratching. So uh, we, where we want to have clear direction, we don't have clear direction as a whole. So that's why there is a lot of gray area, TC. And I think that a lot of us have to operate in those means about, okay, even if it's not as bad or even if it is as bad, we've got to still move on with our lives regardless mm-hmm. and be safe.
1: Exactly. And again, we are having the same discussion that we had back in March and April. Same. The same thing about direction. And and, and and where do we go from here? And here we go, six months. And like I said, start out this conversation with, six months ago, the NFL wasn't worried. And they basically kind of had an arrogant approach to it. It was like, eh, you know, this is going on now, but our league, we're going to march forward. And they've never said, we're not going to have training camp. We're, we're not going to have games scheduled. We're going to continue to march on. That's fine. But now, let's go to the other part of that. Like, what are you going to do? To, to either keep the, the these players healthy and safe or just in their mind, what are you going to do, like I said, about roster bonuses and that sort of thing? What's going to be your, your roster limit? How, you know, like at least the NBA, the NHL, they come in and say, okay, you're going to be quarantined for X amount of time. We're not hearing any of that with the National Football League. So I think that's it. And then from the the fans' perspective, man, it's like, they don't know. If you're a season ticket holder, you've been sitting on pins and needles, especially here in Las Vegas, that, you know, you're going to go to the stadium. And whether it's UNLV games or it's the Raider games, and we sit here on July the 20th, and you have no idea if you're going to a game, if you're going to get your money refunded, you got to wait till next year. You are totally in the dark. NFL players are in the dark. Everyone, broadcasters are in the dark. A guy like myself sits <laughs> there and thought I was going to be broadcasting basketball games this year. Everyone in the dark here. So we just need more and more communication. But I think what it is, is, you know, people have to make a decision. They have to make a decision on what we're doing. And I think that's, that's a big question mark. All right. Charles Mann is going to join us when we come back. We are going to talk about the unfortunate news coming out of Redskins Park in Washington, D.C., about what has happened there, the sexual harassment issues where 15 women have come forward. One has come out and spoken publicly about this. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that. T.C. Martin Show on a Monday. Glad to have you with us. All right,
2: let, me put, put All right. let me put some
0: water on your balls. More from the master debater.
1: Martin. You'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. We are anxiously awaiting NFL football. And are we going to get it? Training camps opening across the country, supposedly on the July the 28th. We will see what happens there. But in some other news, uh, very disturbing news coming out of uh, Redskins Park. The uh, sexual harassment allegations, the Washington Post reported 15 women were harassed and abused at their jobs while working for the team. Uh, This includes two front office members, the radio play-by-play announcer, uh, all accused of harassment. The organization has hired an attorney to review the culture and the allegations. And uh, we dive into this with our our very good friend, the three-time Super Bowl champion, the four-time Pro Bowler. He is in the Redskins ring of honor and just a, a great guy and a great friend, Charles Mann. How you doing, Charles?
0: What's up, TC? How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm great, my man. And I should say also, the host of the Manly Man Show, one of the tremendous podcasts out there with you and your boy, Dexter Manly.
0: I know. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) And we we are so different from each other, which really makes the show. So it's a
1: lot of fun to work with them no doubt you guys are are totally different but i can i can imagine man but hey that that's your buddy man that's your partner there in the trenches back in the day
0: yes he was we were fighting for sacks (laughs) if he didn't get it i got it and if i didn't get it he got it and uh you know we we competed every year we were the top sacking defensive ends in the league several years uh and it was a lot of fun man those days being a Washington player was a great time it's not the same right now
1: it's not and I just noticed Charles that you caught yourself because you really didn't want to say Redskins you you caught yourself with that and I know I think a lot of of, Washington I said
0: Washington only
1: exactly exactly because you said I'm I'm not going to go there anymore and and is that kind of where you stand right now do you think a lot of the players stand is that the message that should be sent out that you will never say that again or refrain from saying it again
0: well, I think if you're if you're a minority player, you get it and you will adhere and uh you know because you understand that if something is offensive, then it's offensive whether you think it is or not. If the person that's offended thinks it's offensive, then it's offensive. Mm-hmm. So I'm we're hearing from these uh Native American folks and others that uh, have been offended all these years and so um, I never thought uh, Dan Snyder would change the name, but uh, it, it is. I see both sides, but the but the side that I really you know feel for is is you know the fact that all these years they've felt offended and nobody did anything about it because it's such a business. Mm-hmm. So-, so now that FedEx and 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 Amazon and Nike and others are pulling their you know pulling out and not. Uh, selling any of the materials you know, none of the uh, paraphernalia from the Washington franchise, Uh, that hit Dan in his pocketbook and so he's willing to consider the change now and he's all the way gone there now. It's just a matter of getting the trademark information and all the licensing approved before he announces what name it is.
1: So we know that the team name has been retired working on that. We talked with you about that last week, but did they officially change the uh redskin park and for people that don't know i mean that's where the offices are and that's been around for a long long time you talk about visiting redskin park all the time is that name still on the building
0: it is and i see the flag still up i go by it i live about five minutes away i just rode by it just a few minutes ago so uh yeah it's Obviously, if he's going to go there, he's got to go all the way, so it won't be called Redskin Park or Redskin Drive anymore. You know, somebody's somebody's uh, throwing around a meme. Somebody sent me a, uh, a helmet with a redskin potato on it. Said, now you don't have to change the name.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. my goodness, my goodness. Charles Mann joins yeah. us, the three-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Pro Bowler. And uh, again, a guy who is uh, very connected to this Washington football franchise, not only as a player, but just as a humanitarian Washingtonian of the year back in the day. And a guy that uh, knows this organization inside and out. With all that being said, Charles, uh, what is the latest with this story that broke over the last you know, 72 hours or so about the sexual harassment allegations?
0: You know, it's really sad. Larry Michael, the voice of the Redskins, he and I had a radio show for a right. couple of years before he came to, became the voice. And he and I used to dream, you know, not, look, I played on the team and, and uh, I had won the Super Bowls and everything, but he had, was working for CBS Radio, Westwood One, and he did boxing matches and some other stuff, and he always dreamed of being in the booth doing the Redskin play-by-play, so I was I went along with him, and I was dreaming about, you know, one day being the color analyst, uh, replacing Sonny and Sam, Sonny Jurgensen and Sam Huff. Right. And then uh, as life went on and, you know, got a few years out of the league, I, you know, I, de- I desired that no more. <laughs> I, w- I became a businessman and was more interested in, uh, you know, distancing myself a little bit because what happens is, People don't take you serious in the business world is, oh, he's uh, Charles Mann, the former Redskin, you know, that's all he is. No. Uh I got my MBA, I'm a I'm I'm a astute businessman and I want you to respect me for business. So I kinda, you know, gotten away from the football side of it. But I but I'm a fan, I'm always gonna be a fan. I live a few minutes from the facilities. I I know a lot of uh, have a lot of friends over there know what's going on Played against Ron Rivera uh, during his career uh, as an NFL player, and uh, know that he's got the helm over there. He's got his daughter working in the facility, and know that you know over over the years. Because I know a lot of the guys in there, no, they've had a really bad working environment in there, um, from what I'm hearing. I even had my play niece over there working for two years as an intern. She told me she hadn't had any issues. Uh, and I'm just, you know, I got to take her at her word, so I believe her. Um, but you know, 15 of those women say they did have issues, and uh, some of the incidents that they recounted, I could understand. Like there's, uh, there's some stairs going down from the first level, or the main level, when you walk into the building. There's some stairs going down into the, uh, into the lower level where the locker rooms are and where you get out to the field and the training facility and the training room. Well, those stairs are glass, not glass, they're open stairs. And so if you're standing underneath them, you can see people as they're coming down the stairs. Well, one of the incidents was said that women would be walking down those stairs and the guys would be standing behind those or up, uh, up underneath those stairs, looking up their skirts and just, just some stupid stuff, you know, it's just, these are, but that's that's a culture that you you know, you know you got a bunch of jocks and they're running around the locker room and now there's women in there and you better behave. This is this is not a high school or a college team. This, these are professional men that are supposed to be out there playing you know uh, their hearts out on Sundays, but it's a business during the week and it's just embarrassing. Really, some of the and some of the things that I heard.
1: You mentioned Larry Michael. He was the play-by-play announcer there for the Redskins for 16 years. You you mentioned you know him very well. Uh I do you, and I'm
0: embarrassed for him.
1: Yes, and so not only and I and I know that Emily Applegate was the one um lady who said that, you know, the it was miserable going to work. She was called stupid. She was hit up on by coworkers. She said it just became unbearable. We know that she uh, worked for um, one of the guys that I believe is Mitch Gershman. So he was yep, he was he, sig- he was, he was So I was just going to ask you, he Charles.
0: Was, uh, he's no longer there. No right. longer
1: there. He's no longer there, and, and Larry stepped down uh, himself. Uh, so now on these Wednesday. Yeah, on Wednesday. So, exactly, exactly. So, just speak to that element, Charles, where I know you know a lot of these people in the building. You may know these people very well who have been accused. So I just kind of wanted to get your take about that. And how surprised were you when you did hear this, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, maybe some of this stuff had happened in the past?
0: So, uh, I'm going I'm to do a shameless plug. So, listen to the Manly Man podcast. We had Christine Brennan on uh, right. just the other day, and Christine is uh, writes for USA Today. She's a national writer, and um, you know you've seen her on TV yeah. and whatnot. She, she's
1: been on the show w- with us before. About, yeah, she's great. Yep.
0: Yeah, but she talked about when we were there, when Dexter and I were there, and she was the first woman in 1985 to cover a professional team or at least a, fo- a football franchise and, and how we dealt with her. And, uh, you know, I asked her perfectly uh, specifically, Hey, how did I do, you know, cause I, I want to know I was, I've been happily married for 36 years and try to live my life with everybody watching. Uh, and I expect people to be watching. So I'm never relaxed. I'm always on my guard, you know, trying to do the right thing. Cause the mo- one moment, that you don't do the right thing, that's when somebody notices. So, so I've lived that kind of a life, um, and that's the kind of culture we had in the locker room back when I was there. Uh, a bunch of us were Christians, and so we we carried ourselves a different way. Um, you know, it's gotten kind of loosey goosey in there, and guys are filling themselves, even though the for, the, the the franchise hasn't won anything. I mean, we won Super Bowls. So I can see, I mean, they got – when you walk into Redskin Park and you look to the – which side is it on now? I think they moved them. I think that when you look to the left, when you first walk in, there's the the front desk to the right and to the left is a, is a, uh, a wall with the trophies inside of there. And I, I look at those trophies and I always smile when I go in there because we did that you know, not the current teams, This <laughs> the former guys that brought those trophies in there, you know, and, and uh, even, even unfortunately, Dan Snyder wasn't the owner when we brought those trophies in there. So you look at that stuff and you say, Hey, you know, okay, well, we, we did this, we won, but the key was we had Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs is a higher integrity guy and he would not have it. He would not stand for it. so, you know, Joe Gibbs is his office is upstairs. Uh, the players are downstairs, but Joe Gibbs controlled that whole building. And my point is that Jay Gruden was upstairs, and all these guys and others were downstairs and around. And and Jay Gruden was was suspect on his own. He was, you know, there's video of him look like he's smoking marijuana and and talking to a young lady. Uh, last year that got him uh, one of the reasons why he got fired, not only that he wasn't winning, but that he was not representing the franchise very well. So, you know, that kind of stuff was the culture and has been the culture in there for the last, you know, since Joe Gibbs left the second time. And, uh, you know, and it finally got exposed. What you do in secret always comes to the light.
1: He is Charles Mann, three-time Super Bowl champion with those famed Washington Redskins teams. The four-time Pro Bowler still very, very close with this team, uh, giving us some great insight here today. Uh, Charles, you mentioned Ron Rivera. He steps into this situation. He didn't sign up for any of this. Uh, You know, the news came, you know, a week or so ago about the name change. They have to deal with that. Training camp is approaching. He's trying to to learn his team uh, and bring the Redskins back to respectability. How do you think he is going to handle this moving forward? And what have you seen from him thus far? I
0: haven't seen much from him thus far, you know, because Redskins Park has really been closed up until about two weeks ago. So there's been it's been a vacant parking lot. You see one or two cars in the parking lot, I guess you know one or two people going over there, you know in the building. if you're in there by yourself, I guess that would be social distancing. But it really was closed uh, and now it's only been open for about ten days or so. So haven't heard much from him, but I know that he's taken on not only the coaching but the general manager position because they have not filled that position. So, you know, there's going to be a lot on him. And uh it'll be interesting to see how he handles it cuz he won't get he won't get a lot of uh, the honeymoon is already over, you know, with all this stuff going on. The honeymoon he had no honeymoon. Honeymoon got sucked up by the coronavirus and by all these, you know, these incidents. So, so the name change and the, you know, the the women. So so it'll be interesting. It'll be there're going to be instant pressure on him right away.
1: So Dan Snyder has always been a target for so many reasons. It's the team failures like we're talking about here now, reluctant to change the name after all these years. How much do you think Snyder is to blame for maybe this current situation that we're talking about with the sexual harassment because it is under his watch?
0: Uh, You know, I, I would just say this. You know, I don't. He wasn't directly named in any of the any of the, uh, the fifteen complaints. That's good, but when you're the head, you're the head,
1: and you're hiring people and too. So, I mean, you're you know maybe not directly, but you still are hiring these people that have allegedly committed this. So I think it's, that- it's just like the pre- it's just like the president of the
0: United States. You know. <laughs> he's been in there and he's hired new chief of staff he's hired new uh directors of uh this and that and i mean you know it's been a, a revolving door over there and you know he's you know i don't know i just think that i don't i don't want to blame dan snyder for anything but i also know that you know you start with the head and uh you know you've got to even if he isn't to blame and uh, you can't directly blame him, you've got to take, you know, you know, fall on the sword for the company and say, hey, look, I've got to do better, and I will do better, and, you know, this happened on my watch, and I'm going to make it better. Uh, he, he's gone almost that far, but he hadn't.
1: He hired uh, Terry Bateman today as executive vice president. Uh, what do you know about him?
0: I don't actually, and uh, you know, got to go back. I don't know what the as far as what you've done and looking at uh, Terry, but uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I, I really, I I really haven't. I I just got that news before we went on the air today, and I saw that they they appointed um, him in that position. So again, didn't don't know much uh, about him or whatever. Me either. Mm -hmm. All right. Me
0: either. But you know what? It'll it'll come out. We'll find out uh, because people. You know, somebody. Uh, I mean, I think you know, with the fifteen voices c- claiming, you know, and then, and it's not just this one thing. It's two years ago we had an incident with the cheerleaders. That's right. And uh, and and uh, and they uh, went to the Bahamas to do their photo shoot, like the Dallas Cowgirls. And uh, you know, and once they got there. They're, the people they're entertaining, I guess their passports were all taken so they can't leave. And then they were asked to go topless and, and whatnot. It's just that kind of stuff. So so I'm talking from not just one incident. I'm talking from, you know, a couple of different incidents and saying, okay, somebody's got to do something. And the head rolled in. Only one head rolled in, and that was Dennis Green who was in charge of suites and and you know um, uh, bringing in the revenue for the for the game day stuff? So his head rolled. He's out of there. He's, and he was also a friend. <laughs> he's uh, he's gone. And so this time, you know, whose heads are gonna roll? We saw that you know already three three guys are gone: Larry Michael and the director of player personnel and another guy. You know, is that all that needs to go to 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 make everybody happy? I don't think so. So it'll be interesting to see. People here are even asking, and I, I you know, I'm not saying that, but people here are even asking for uh, the team to be sold.
1: Wow, wow, a crazy situation there in Washington over the last two weeks and into. As we get ready to start training camp, we hope the training camp starts. Just uh, a lot of scrutiny there in Washington, D.C. Charles Mann joins us, a former Ritzkin himself, the three-time Super Bowl champion. Charles, before we let you go, we were talking a lot today about the uncertainties here with the NFL not knowing if we're yeah. going to play in front of fans yeah. or not. Owners are split on this. You know, J.J. Watt comes out and throws a tweet out and just really has a lot of concerns. A lot of other players followed up with that over, the, over this past weekend. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Nothing seems to be in place here as far as protocol. And it just seems like the last six months – the NFL is just kind of taking this wait-and-see policy, and here we are now. I mean, we're ready for training camp. We're ready for opening day, you know, five weeks from now. Give us your thoughts on, on what you think is going to happen here. Is the season going to go off in the, the first week of September? Could it be delayed? What is your gut feeling right now?
0: My gut feeling is that they're going to try to – it's too much money at stake. You know, $10 billion or $8 billion for, you know, for TV monies. So I believe they're going to try to make it happen, but I believe that's going to be the end to, uh, I mean, I, I think they're not going to finish. I think they're going to start the season and I'm not even thinking about the fans in the stands. I'm thinking about the players all in close quarters. So I think they're going to start the season and you're going to have people going down left and right with the coronavirus they'll all recover I mean there may be one or two that really get serious but most of them you know because they're athletes and they're in great shape they'll all mostly recover but they'll be out for three and four weeks or longer and so I don't know if there'll be teams that won't be able to fill the whole team at times and so I think there's gonna be a lot of coming and going I got a friend that has a kid that I've been watching. I've been helping him in his training and, and just pointing him in the right direction. And he's worried about trying to get on a team. He didn't get drafted. And I told him, I said, just be ready. Cause there are going to be folks dropping and you they're, they're going to call on you. Mm. So I just don't know if they'll finish the whole season. Right. I really don't.
1: And I think that, uh, skepticism is out with all sports when you say that with the nba not sure you know what they're going to do with rosters they're telling you know you know be ready at, at any point in time and, and we're seeing that you know with major league baseball and then as we approach the nfl yep. exact same thing charles appreciate the time as always my man uh you are fantastic uh I appreciate your friendship and of course appreciate you coming on uh, when needed uh great stuff great insight uh continue to take care uh be well with the family my friend and i look forward to seeing you real soon
0: all right. Sounds good. Take care, TC.
1: You got it. There he is. Charles Mann, the three-time Super Bowl champion with the famed Washington Redskins. And we talk about this a lot with him. And, you know, you could see how close he is to this situation, how he feels. Trevor managed the exact same thing. You know, they haven't won nothing since Charles Mann and Dexter Manley and all of those guys, you know, left. You know Washington, and this has been a laughing stock of an organization for the better part of the last decade. And they've had opportunities like we've talked about in that division where it's you know wide open in the NFC East, but the Redskins just can't seem to get it right. And we have always talked about Dan Snyder, a lot of people have talked uh, pointed at him saying, you know, maybe, maybe he should go. Uh, this is. This is interesting right now because, as Charles said, you're dealing with the nation's capital. People are calling for Dan Snyder to sell the franchise.
2: TC, I want to tell you something that got me a little charged up in regards to this story over the weekend. ESPN personality that does some shows, female uh, broadcaster L. Duncan, had a very strong opinion on this scenario, and live on the air, she started to cry and talk about pretty much how nobody stands up for women. And I, I reflected on that. And I was curious about the outwardly crying on on the radio. And then I said to myself, we live in a day and age and a time where women demand equality and equal rights. And, And I said to myself, why is somebody having or needing to stand up for you? And I'm saying, stand up for yourself And I'm sorry, but this is going to be my take here. I was just recently in a work environment where a male employee was let go for sexual misconduct. As an employee of any business in any situation, there's a lot of things that are under the umbrella of sexual harassment, not blatant touching, grabbing inappropriateness, appropriateness, but just comments, hugging, what have you. If I'm an employee and I'm witnessing somebody get hugged or grabbed and that female that is on the receiving end of that does not speak up and say outwardly how uncomfortable that's making her feel. It is not my job as an employee to intervene at that time as, as, as a regular employee. Now, if that female uh, colleague says something outwardly or asks me personally to interject, that's a different story where I may feel a personal and moral responsibility to say something. But I'm so tired of, of people talking out of both sides of their mouth when it's when it's to this and, and a female employee who demands equal rights and justice and they want to get on social media and talk about different things and, and they want to cry outwardly and say no one stands up for them. We should be teaching as parents and as people and as colleagues, people to stand up for themselves, number one. Number two, and it's t- talked in the basics of human resources in any environment. If something makes you uncomfortable, speak up. Hmm. And so that's what I'm calling the first. And that's separating the fact of what, what happened with these 15 employees and what what the behavior by these men is completely uh, uncalled for and inappropriate but we have to be able to separate the two and, and we're in this landscape guys where everybody's so outraged by everything without putting things into proper context
1: so Emily Applegate she came on ESPN she was on with Jeremy Shap, and she has gone public you know saying that Like I said, when we were discussing this with Charles, she was miserable. She was called stupid. She was then hit on by coworkers. She said it was just, it was unbearable. And she was the only one to come out and and go public with this. And when people were asking, well, how come she's the only one that's coming out publicly? And she said, well, for me, I'm done with sports. She goes, I'm not going to be in this situation anymore, anymore for other people in this, uh, who are who are in this suit, so to speak, uh, they have signed either some disclosure, you know, in, information, you know, where uh, they can't talk about it, or they're hoping to land another job uh, with another NFL team or another professional sports uh, franchise. So they are going to be reluctant to talk about that. And I think you know that is, uh, you know, you know, up to them individually. It, it is sad that um, if this if this treatment is happening that. They can't, you know, you know, you know, come out and put their name on it. But I do understand both sides. I understand people who are going to be reluctant and afraid. We see that with sexual assaults. We see that with rape victims, and a lot of people do not want to go through this. And uh, it is, it is sad. It's unfortunate that they feel the fear, um, but that's real. Uh, that's out there. So we're going to have to continue to to watch this story. It's a sad story uh, coming out of Washington D.C. with the Redskins and everything else that is happening. And again. You know, we're not supposed to say the Redskins anymore, but they still have the name Redskins Park and Redskin Way uh, leading up uh, to the stadium here. But At any rate, uh, we'll, we'll touch more on this uh, tomorrow when Trevor Maddich joins us. Uh, great stuff from Charles Mann. You'll get a chance to hear that interview in its entirety on the website at tcmartinshow.com, so make sure you check that out. And then Jay Schrader is going to join us later in the week. The quarterback for the Redskins back in the day as well too. Former
2: Raiders quarterback as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get some uh, some great uh, thought. All right, guys, appreciate it as always. Stevie Slapshot, great to have you in. Believer, good stuff as well too. Uh, tomorrow's a terrible Tuesday, so do you think your dream will fit into a terrible Tuesday or is that more enlightening? Uh, I guess you'll have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see, right? Yeah. He's got uh, me curious. The believer has a dream that he wanted to share today, but unfortunately we didn't get a chance to work it in. So uh, We will tomorrow. It, 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 it's, it's, it's dialed in
2: tomorrow. Uh, you're, you're a big star of that dream. I'll give it a little tease. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Appreciate you joining us. We're back at it again tomorrow. Again, miss any part of the show. Go to the interview page also at TCMartinShow.com.